When you came in, you probably received a little slip of paper that looks like that. Be thinking about what you want to put on it, because during the service, you'll be invited to nail it to the cross. Renee will help, and so, so you don't get caught unawares as to what you would like to uh, put on there for your own personal confession, while you might be giving that a little thought as the evening goes on. So again, good evening. <clears throat> we gather this evening to mark the beginning of the season of Lent. Lent is the 40 days of preparation before Easter. And Lent is a time of reflection and repentance. And tonight we'll be called to repentance and to be reconciled with God. We will have the opportunity to confess our sins to God. And if you wish, we'll have the opportunity to be marked with ashes. Ashes are a sign and symbol that we have a repentant spirit. And then we will be invited to receive Holy Communion in keeping with God's promise of renewal. This is a solemn time, a holy time. Let us still our spirits, quiet our minds, and just be in the presence of God. Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel and saying, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. Let us pray. God, we come before you tonight to confess our sins, to hear your word of forgiveness, and to ask you to straighten to strengthen us in, your, in our faith so that we might live more holy lives. Almighty and everlasting God, create in us new and contrite hearts so that we who confess and repent of our sins may obtain of you, the God of all mercy, forgiveness and renewed abundant life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The prophet Joel calls God's people to repentance. Let's read his words together as they're printed in your bulletin. Please read with me. Even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart with fasting and weeping and mourning. Rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love. And he relents from sending calamity. Who knows? He may turn and relent and leave behind a blessing, grain offerings and drink offerings for the Lord your God. Blow the trumpet in Zion, the holy fast. 
call a sacred assembly. Our opening song gives us an opportunity to make or renew a commitment to to following Jesus as our Lord and Savior. The opening song is, I have decided to follow Jesus. If you wish, you can stand if you are able. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. The world behind me. The cross before me, the world behind me, the cross before me, the world behind me, the cross before me, no turning back, no turning back, though none go with me, still I will follow. cross I'll carry till I see Jesus. My cross I'll carry till I see Jesus. My cross I'll carry till I see Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. Amen. Please be seated. The first Christians observed with great devotion the days of our Lord's passion and his resurrection. It became the custom of the church to prepare for them by a season of penitence, fasting, and prayer. During this time, Converts were prepared for baptism, and those who had been removed from the church because of their grievous sins were reconciled, and they were restored to the church. But the whole congregation was reminded during this season of the message of forgiveness set forth in the gospel and of the need of all believers to have renewed and continued repentance and to renew their faith and to seek reconciliation and restoration. This season eventually became the 40 days before Easter. 40 is and was a number of completion. It meant long enough for the Jews. Remember that the Israelites wandered for 40 years during the Exodus, and Jesus spent 40 days in the wilderness preparing for the start of his ministry. This 40-day period did not count Sundays. 
since every Sunday was considered a little Easter, a time when Christians celebrated the resurrection of their Lord. We call this season Lent, and it begins each year on the seventh Wednesday before Easter, a day that we call Ash Wednesday. Of course, that is today. And so the purpose of tonight's service is to call us into that season of penitence and to begin to walk with Jesus on the road to the cross. We have been called to repentance and reconciliation, and we've been reminded of our decision, our decision to follow Jesus. After this, we will confess our sins corporately and then move into an opportunity for personal confession, repentance, and reconciliation with God. As part of this, we have the opportunity to receive the ashes, an ancient Jewish practice that marked true repentance. Now, why ashes? The first mention in the Bible of ashes is in Abraham, is Abraham in Genesis chapter 18, when he says, and I quote, Now that I have been so bold as to speak to the Lord, though I am nothing but dust and ashes. Ashes, of course, are nothing. They are what is left over after fire has consumed something. Abraham recognized that he was nothing compared to God, that compared to God, he was just dust and ashes. So ashes are a reminder that we are mortal. God is immortal, that we are nothing and have nothing except that God made us, except that God loves us, except that Jesus died for us, except that his death brings us the promise of eternal life. So, if you receive the ashes this evening, one thing you are witnessing to is that you recognize your littleness and God's bigness, your mortality and God's immortality. You recognize that all good things come from God, including and especially salvation. The second thing that the ashes are is a symbol of repentance to sin. Throughout the scriptures, ashes are a symbol of grief and of penitence, referring to towns that refused to, report or to repent when they heard his message. Jesus said, Woe to you, Chorazin! Woe to you, Bethsaida! For if the miracles that were performed in you had been performed in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago, sitting in sackcloth and ashes. When Jesus says that they would have repented sitting in sackcloth and ashes, we're reminded of one of the most amazing stories of repentance in the Bible, the story of what happened in Nineveh after Jonah finally went there to preach repentance. Nineveh was a big and wealthy city known for living in the fast lane. But after Jonah proclaimed God's message of their coming downfall, 
The Ninevites, unexpectedly to Jonah, believed God, and they repented. The whole town, even the king, took off their fancy clothes, and they put on sackcloth, which is a very rough material like burlap that only the poorest of the very poor would wear. The king even put sackcloth on the most important symbol of his wealth, his cows. I would think that every moment you were wearing burlap, you would be reminded that you were not living in the fast lane. Plus, instead of having the light and warmth of a fire and eating the good food that was cooked on it, the king and the people fasted and they sat in or rubbed through their hair the dull, lifeless, dirty ashes. So the second thing you are witnessing by receiving the ashes is that you are a sinner, someone who has a burden too big, too big to bear alone, which Jesus has taken from you and carries for you. You are witnessing that you look to Christ for forgiveness and that you trust his promise of new life in and with him. The ashes you are invited to receive mark us as people of God, people who are called in the observance of a holy Lent, people who are willing to walk humbly and penitently with Jesus on the road to the cross, people who recognize their sin and vow with God's help to turn away from sin, to accept the freedom that Christ offers us, and to be reconciled to God. People who live, who live in the expectation of Christ's Easter resurrection. And we are called this for a season, for 40 days, not just for tonight. This service is, at least for me, a powerful and moving time. But an hour, at least for me, is not enough. I would encourage each of us to make prayer, confession, and fasting, and fasting, an integral part of our life during this Lenten season. You might want to use the Lenten prayer guide. It's available on the as you go out on a little table on your right. You might want to use this Lenten prayer guide to help you do this. Make a time of confession part of your daily quiet time. Examine your life and your heart closely during this season. And then read and reread the promises of God's forgiveness. One of them is in 1 John 1 and 2, which we will hear part of at the close of our service. And we're called, we're called to fast. Fasting doesn't have to be simply abstaining from food. We think of giving up something for Lent as not eating chocolate or not drinking wine or not eating during the day or for 24 hours or having meatless Fridays. But there are other kinds of fasts. There are other things that you can give up that might be more meaningful 
for you. We have a friend who is fasting from being sarcastic. You might fast from being angry or being impatient or from too much shopping or even too much electronic device participation. Any of these things, any of these things would make good fasts as long as they are truly sacrifices to you. They remind us of the sacrifice Jesus made and they remind us of God's greatness and the Holy Spirit's power to change us. As a reminder that you are walking through this season of Lent with Jesus, there are some strips of sackcloth, that is to say burlap, in a basket. Again, as you go out, you can pick one up. It's a little strip that you can make a bracelet out of by merely tying it, or you can use it as a bookmark. It can act as a visual reminder during this season. All these practices, all these practices will help you walk with Jesus and help you become more like Jesus. And if you observe them, they will help you develop faith habits that will inspire and encourage your faith journey through this Lenten season and beyond and beyond. They will help you help all of us become people who are willing to make a new beginning, people who anticipate the renewing of the Holy Spirit, people who look forward expectantly to becoming all that God created us to be through God's love and by his grace. Now together as a body, we come before God to confess our sins and repent of them using these words of King David from Psalm 51. This psalm is traditionally used on Ash Wednesday. Again, let's read them together. They are printed in your bulletin. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion. Blot out my transgressions, wash away all my iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. Cleanse me with hyssop, and I will be clean. Wash me, and I will be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquity. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and count me a willing spirit to sustain me. Amen. As we prepare to make our own personal confessions, let's sing, I will offer up my life. This is a song that reminds us that these confessions, these acts of repentance, are part of the sacrifice of our broken selves, our broken hearts. If you'd like, stand if you are able. I will offer up my life in spirit and truth. 
Jesus, what can I give? What can I bring to so faithful a friend, to so loving a king? Savior, what can be said? What can be sung as a praise to your name for the things you have done? Oh, my words could not tell, not even in part of the debt of love that is owed by this thankful heart. You deserve my every breath, for you've paid the great cost, giving up your life to death. Even death on a cross You took all my shame away There defeated my sin Open up the gates of heaven And that beckoned me in Jesus, what can I give? What can I bring To so faithful a friend To so loving a king Savior, what can be said, what can be sung as a praise to your name for the things you have done? Oh, my words could not tell, not even in part of the debt of love that is owed by this thankful heart. Over the last few weeks here at Grace, we have been on a journey together to explore how love is expressed. We've been reading together the words of the Psalms, the Proverbs, the Ecclesiastes. As we've been doing so, we've been asking ourselves, God, how do you express love to us? And how do you express love through us? We've found many ways that that can be true, but tonight we see one way that God expresses his love to us, but that we can't, he can't express that same love through us because we're incapable of expressing that kind of love. And we see it in Romans chapter 5, verse 8. It's the proof of God's amazing love where it says, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Tonight, as Carver said, we're going to we're going to take some time to reflect on the sins of our lives and nail them to the cross. And as we do so, we remind ourselves that 2,000 years ago, Christ allowed himself to bleed and die on a cross like this one. And in that moment, it says that as God turned his eyes from Jesus, all of the sin that you've committed that I've committed, that you and I will commit. All the sins of humanity, past, present, and future, were flung on Christ. Because of that, God turned his face from Jesus in that moment. And Jesus cries out, God, have you forsaken me? 
Tonight we don't just write some sins on a piece of paper as a, a nice thing to do to remember the past, but it's a moment of soul searching for us. It's a moment of repentance. It's a moment of recognizing what God has truly done for us in Christ, that which we could never do because we are sinners and could never die for the sins of another. So tonight, we're going to, uh, after I, in just a moment, we're going to take a moment of silent reflection. We're just going to allow ourselves to be okay with this, the silence of the moment and just be still before God and allow God to speak to our hearts. And then after a little bit of time has passed, um, Carver and uh, Pastor Brian will actually go to the ashes table. And I will walk to the communion table. And here's what we would encourage you to do in those moments. To take the, the, the sins, the things that God is asking you to deal with tonight. To write those on that sheet of paper. Fold it. And Renee will be up here. She'll help you nail those on the cross tonight. We'll leave those up there for the evening. And then I'll take a moment uh, alone early in the morning to take those off and burn those. For you. After you nailed your your paper to the cross, um, I would encourage you to, if you would like to receive the imposition of ashes, uh, and then after that, to feel free to come to me, and we will, and I will be glad to help you receive communion. As you receive the imposition of ashes, it's a sign of penance, penitence, and a recognition of our own mortality. In Ecclesiastes, there's this famous line, from dust you were created and to dust you return. It's a moment of humbly recognizing that we are nothing but dust. And from that dust, God creates life. And he creates hope and he creates something beautiful out of something that's broken. Let's pray. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us, that we might delight in your will and walk in your ways, to the glory of your name.
It is because of the cross of Christ that we who put our faith in him have received the promise of mercy, grace, and forgiveness. I don't want you to leave here tonight, though, without hearing the promise that Easter is coming. When we come to a service like this and we're reminded of the weight, the sheer weight of our sin and brokenness, we have a reason to be thankful, to be grateful in the cross of Christ and the resurrection that we come to expect. And so I'll share with you tonight from Romans 8, verses 9 through 11. But you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. And Christ lives within you. So even though your body will die because of sin, the Spirit gives you life because you've been made right with God. And here's the resurrection part. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by this same spirit within you. Jesus Christ I think upon your sacrifice You became nothing Poured out to death Many times I've wandered at your gift of life And I'm in that place once again Yes, I'm in that place once again Once again I look upon the cross where you died I'm humbled by your mercy and I'm broken inside Once again I thank you, once again I pour out my life Now you Exalted to the highest place, King of the heavens, where one day I'll bow. But for now, I marvel at this saving grace. I'm full of praise once again. Yes, I'm full of praise once again. Once again I look upon the cross where you died I'm humbled by your mercy and I'm broken inside Once again I thank you, once again I pour out my life Thank you for the cross Thank you for the cross, thank you for the cross, my friend. Thank you for the cross, thank you for the cross, thank you for the cross, my friend.
invite you to stay standing for our closing prayer. I also want to remind us that uh, after we're done and you receive the benediction, uh, to leave in silence, contemplation. Let's pray. Father God, we nailed our confessions to the cross of Jesus Christ as a symbol of our desire to let go of our past mistakes and begin again in acknowledgement that all sins are sins against you, sins that Jesus bore for us on the cross. And we have been anointed with ashes as a reminder of our mortality, our dependence on you, and our need for repentance and reconciliation. Even in our sinful state, that sacrament of Holy Communion has reminded us that by your love and grace, through the sacrifice of your precious Son, we have the promise of freedom from sin and the gift of everlasting life. Thank you, God, for your gifts of forgiveness, grace, and new life. May we keep this Lenten season in preparation for the joy of Easter. Amen. Now go in the grace, peace, and mercy of our Lord and Savior Jesus.